Welcome to the podcast. So glad you're joining us this week. Hope you've having you're having a great week thus far. Uh, we've been doing our series, Biblical Principles for Success, with Pastor Oscar Sosa, and he's joining us again today for episode four of this series. And this is the last episode of this specific series, but Pastor Oscar, welcome. Thank you so much. Honestly, I've been enjoying this. I just wanted to say again, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely, and this will not be the last time. So if you guys have enjoyed these, please reach out to us, um, post it on social media, uh, tag us in it, DM us, whatever. We want to hear from you. We love hearing all of um, all the stories of people that have been encouraged through these these uh, simple series, you know. And it's it's amazing what gl- this technology allows us to do. So let's move on. Biblical principles for success, and this is episode four, and we're going to be talking about consistency and diligence in work. Consistency and diligence mm. in what you're assigned. To do, I'm going to repeat it. We have, Jeremiah 1 says it very clearly, before you were born, God consecrated you for a work. And while you were yet in your mother's womb, while he formed you in, his, in your mother's womb, he knew you. So God not only knows you, he not only knows your name, but he's wired you for a specific purpose. Now, just starting that is not enough. There's a lot of people who start but they don't finish. And I've seen this a lot, even in broadcasting and especially in ministry, you have yep. a lot of people, you know, many are called, few, few are, are chosen. chosen. And the reason why few are chosen is because too many quit the race. Yeah. I can tell you in my Bible college, we started the year uh, when I went in 2013, we started the year with, uh, I don't know, 400 kids or something, yeah. 300. The graduating class was like, like 80, <laughs> something like that. And I think that's even pretty good, like statistic. It's very sad to hear, but the, the reality of the matter is that people are very good at starting. Very, uh, very few. few people can continue, and then very, very few people actually finish out and finish. You know, Paul mm-hmm. said, I have fought the good fight. Yeah. I have ca-, and that's what happens. You know, the, the, it's okay to start because when you start, there's not much of a fight. But when you continue, you start to, you start to encounter various obstacles and challenges and stuff and the flesh quits yeah the flesh wants the easy way out but there's something that god has put in you as a believer called the holy ghost yes the spirit of faith and the spirit of faith never quits faith never backs down faith never bows down to pressure you know jesus said it this way when the seed of the word gets into a heart that is willing and able and willing and yielded to God's word, it is going to be planted, it's going to produce, yes. it's going to yield increase 30, then 60, then 100 fold as they don't give up. But then he talks about the three other soil and, the, you know, there's a wayside where they hear the word, immediately the devil snatches away. God tells them to do something, but then it's like, ah, yeah. they never made anything of yeah. it. They didn't even start. The second person starts. They endure only for a little while, but the moment tribulation or troubles arise because of the word, they fade out, they give up, it's too hard, Nobody, nobody's helping me. They give up all kinds of excuses. And then there's the other one that the deceitfulness of riches, you know, improper motivations. They're also the ones that get choked up and they become unfruitful. But I believe I'm talking to people today that are the fertile soil. Yes. That you've started something. You're at the 30 fold level, but don't stop at the 30 fold level. Could you imagine if I got content with just like, you know, uh, a couple of open doors a a year Mm -hmm. to preach 
you know, 10 people on the broadcast. I wouldn't see what I'm seeing today. You know, could you imagine when you started Remnant, you, you know, you had five, six, seven, eight people come in and, you know, you'd pretty much double your crowd there. And then, oh, well, you know, that's, that's good for me. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit down and coast there. No, you didn't stop. You kept on moving. You didn't quit. You didn't give up. Maybe you didn't see the growth and you still haven't seen the growth you want to see, but you're not stopping because, and I heard Craig Rochelle say yeah. this. He said, successful people do consistently yes. what other people do Occasionally. Occasionally. Successful successful people do consistently. So I'll repeat it. It's not about how skilled you are, how talented you are. It's about how consistent you are. And other people do haphazardly or occasionally. Uh, that's the difference between someone who makes it and someone who doesn't. Yeah, and I think it's like so important to put habits in your life that are going to help you to be able to achieve those things. I actually, I um, here we do a, a Bible school, and, and I teach in one of the Bible schools here at uh, Good News Chapel. And I did, a, the definition of habit, it would be this, and I want to read to you. It says, a habit is something you do without thinking about it or intending to do it. Every good follower of Christ has many good habits. These good habits are what have made him into, him or her, into what he is now. And that, you know, like, I don't know if you heard this quote. Um, I heard it, I think it was on a leadership podcast from a novelist, a Russian novelist called, uh, forgive me if I said it wrong, is Dostoevsky, Dostoevsky. And he says this, which I love. He says, the second half of a man's life is made up of the habits he acquired in the first half. Hmm. And that's why I love what you say, because you, you, uh, you, you gave the example of when you first started Bible school, right? A lot of these people started because there was a, an excitement, because there was... You know, like they felt, a lot of them felt the call, the genuine call of the yep. Lord into full-time ministry. Absolutely. But unfortunately, what they did not do is that they did not set up habits that were going to help them succeed in this, you know, when, when the second year came and the third year came and things got harder or there was pressure and they ended up quitting because they did not set parameters or habits that were there to be able to sustain them. That's why it's so important, you know, for, for us, you know, for you who are in ministry or maybe God's called you to something else to make sure that you have healthy habits in your life so that you actually, when you don't feel it, you've put certain things that you're going to know. Okay. I know when I wake up, I'm going to read. That's the first thing that I do. Even if you don't feel like reading, you know that your parameter has been set. So therefore, you read the Bible, the first thing that you that you do when you get up in the morning. So you apply certain things that are going to help you succeed. And you're going to see how you may start small. But when you look back in five, in ten years from now, man, you're going to see how you're, some, you're somebody completely different. And how God continues has, has used you in a mighty way. Most people undervalue the impact that they actually make. You know, uh, you know, in three years, but and, and they realize, oh, I didn't make an impact in three years. But if you wait a little bit longer, five years, ten years, fifteen years, you realize that those habits that the Lord helped you put in place, man, you look back and you're gonna be somebody like, it, 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 it how would I say it, excellence, somebody who is powerful, somebody who has put certain things in their lives, and when you look back, the Lord, you know, it's it's, it's insane the, what you've been able to achieve. Yeah, there's a book by James Clear called Atomic Habits. Yeah. And I would recommend everybody, you know, read it or listen on Audible or whatever. But it's a phenomenal, pr phenomenally practical book on how to eliminate bad habits and how to implement good habits. And, you know, success is literally the product of habits. Yeah. 
You know, show me what you do on a daily basis consistently and diligently. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'll be able to make a fair estimate as to where you'll be in 10 years. Yeah. If you're someone who wakes up late, you know, watches four hours of TV every day, you know, uh, does the bare minimum at work, checks out at four and then just checks out in your mind. You're pretty much going to, like you said, what you do in the first half of your life is going to set the pace for the last half of your life. And that's pretty much how you're going to live and die. You're going to yeah. be someone who's a clock checker you check in check out that's it i'm not interested in doing that and i know the people watching and li- or listening right now rather right now are not are not that type of person that's why the grace of god drew you to this broadcast yeah. because we want to break people out of that 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 cycle that 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 kind of like a numbing cycle like people kind of get yeah. numbed yeah, to yeah, that, yeah. you know. They don't. They need to be snapped out of it, and I believe that's what God wants to do to you today: is snap you out of that cycle, that vicious cycle that's really led you nowhere. And it begins with reorganizing your habit. And now I want to make it very clear to you because we're talking about consistency, and consistency starts with one doing one thing. Yeah. A lot of times we get overwhelmed because we have so many things we know we have to do that we don't do anything. Yeah. Because, well, you know, I want to start praying more. I want to pray two hours a day. I want to read two hours a day. I want to exercise an hour a day. I want to spend time with my children for three hours a day. (laughs) I want to, okay, you just, you just bombarded yourself. You're most likely not going to do anything. That's why the book's called Atomic Habits because atomic, the word atomic is literally reducing something to a size where you can no longer reduce it. So find out, you actually can build momentum in doing a very small thing. Yeah. So instead of saying, I need to read two hours a day, I need to pray two hours a day, I need to spend three hours a day with my kids, yeah. I need to exercise, instead of doing that, say, I'm going to read today, yeah. you know, like you said before, when I wake up, I'm going to read a chapter of the Bible. Might take you 10 minutes, might take you 15 minutes, and then I'm going to pray. For 10 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever. Start with where you can. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you're just going to bombard yourself and discourage yourself. And that's going to rip away from any desire or any any dream you had of gaining consistency in life. It starts with a molecular-sized yeah. habit that you'll do. I'm going to read five minutes today. I'm going to pray five minutes today. If you'll do that, it's going to it's going to like an avalanche effect. You know, you have that little yeah. snowball, that little snow that starts shaking, whatever. And then all of a sudden you have an uncontrollable amount and uh, extremely heavy snow coming at you. It all started with one little tremor. So that's what we want to do. We want to cause that tremor today in your life where you determine to start with something. You start with something. Doing the one thing. Paul said in Philippians 3, he said, I've not perfected yet. I'm not where I want to be right now. Mm -hmm. I, I still, I know there's a next level. But he said, this one thing I do, I don't get discouraged and talk about how, you know, I'm, um, I just, I've been working at this for so long and, you know, I'm, just, I'm only here now. He said, this one thing I do, yeah. I forget the things that are behind. I forget uh, all the trials and the struggles and all that. And I do this one thing. I press towards the goal. Yeah. That pressing starts with doing one thing well. So for you, it might be find, find just one habit. I heard Craig Rochelle say it this way. He yeah. said, the last 20 years, two decades, he said, I determined to implement one habit a year. So now I've developed 20 habits yeah. in the last 20 years. See, it sounds crazy, I'm sure, when he first started out with that idea, but 20 years later, he's got 20 habits that have led him to become a world yeah. changer. Yeah, exactly, 100%. Like, if you want to eat healthy, 
start applying it today. Focus on that, yeah. right? Like, what are you going to do? I think he actually, uh, even he gives an example about how, you know, he wanted to stop drinking Coke and like, uh, yeah. you know, soft drinks, any type of soft drinks. So he just stopped. And it it seems like... He started ordering water to yeah. his office and stuff. It was they like, didn't order soft drinks. It sounds like insignificant. Yeah. But when you look 20 years from now, it's like you realize, oh, man, that had a f- an effect on his body. Yeah. Right? Like, it was a little change that he was able to do. I want to say, uh, if I could just share a couple of things. It says, 10 things that every Christian should know about habits. And I wrote them down because the thing is, I just want people to ha- to know them. It's, it's number one is, a habit is an act that re- you repeatedly, that you repeat easily without thinking or planning. And number two is, a habit is an act that becomes your custom whether you are conscious of it or not. Number three, because the thing is, why am I telling you these things about habit is because you got to understand what habit is and what habit does. Number three, a habit is often an insignificant act that seems to have no power to affect the future. Mm. This is why so many people do not recognize the concept of having good habits as a powerful tool for the future as an accomplishment. You know, number four, a habit can either be good or bad. And you can stop me whenever you want. No, go. Uh, you know, a, a habit can be uh, either good or bad, natural or spiritual. Spiritual habits are things like morning prayer, having a daily quiet time. Natural and natural habits are things like brushing your teeth, taking a shower. Like these are things that we do. You know, how many times have you woken up in the morning? Anyways, this is uh, this is at least what I do. I wake up and I take a shower every single day, and it's like it's a habit. Like it's so engraved in me. That when I don't take a shower, I feel like my day, I, 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 can't, start my, I can't start my day. Yeah. And, and I feel bad sometimes for my wife. She's like, you're clean. It's Saturday morning. You have nowhere to go. I'm like, yeah, but I got to go take a shower. But it's something that I just developed, right? And that is a, a natural habit, right? But there's also spiritual habits. Number five, good habits are repeated as easily as bad habits. And it's important for people to know that. You gave an example, uh, and maybe you could elaborate on that in just a second, is like you talked about a a ship. Remember you talked about a ship? And if a ship is just a little bit going in the wrong direction, like what what was the exact numbers you said? If you're leaving, this is actually in James Clare's book. He he talks about if you're, no, it's not a ship, it's an airplane. If you get on an airplane and the nose of the airplane is directed towards New York City. Yeah. If you shift that direction by three degrees okay. to a certain direction, you'll end up in London. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's pretty crazy if you think about it. Like, we understand the concept, but the impact that it actually makes leaving from is Maryland. huge. Yeah. 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 The impact that it actually makes is huge. You're com- in a completely different place. It's the same thing when it comes to habit. We have to understand that there's good habits and that there's bad habits. And if we implement bad habits, which they're actually easier to learn, in our lives, if you're learning bad habits, man, that's going to make sure that you're going to go in the wrong direction very yeah. quickly. That's why we're making the time to be able to talk to you about habits and that you get rid of bad habits and implement good habits in your life so that you start going in the direction that God's called you to go in. That's right. So that you could find yourself in 10 years from now, in 15 years from now. And I know it sounds far. So l- let me just say as far as this, that in one year from now, you are going to be somebody that you actually don't recognize yourself. You're going to say, that's I am right. a better version right. of myself. That's right. Number six is bad habits lead to consistent failures and defeat without the person realizing what is happening. Why? Because it just became a part of you. Mm-hmm. So when bad things happen to you, a lot of people say, oh, how come this happened to me? It's because you've developed bad habits in your life. Change them and you're going to see how everything's going to get so much better. Number seven, good habits lead to consistent success 
and victory without the person even realizing what he or she is doing. Isn't that powerful? When you are somebody who is putting good habits in your life, it's basically like you said. we said in another podcast, is the spirit of the Lord comes behind you and it's like you're moving in the right direction with ease and you don't even know it's happening mm -hmm. because we've implemented good habits in our lives. Number eight, bad habits are easy to form but difficult to, to live with. Good habits are difficult to form but easy to live with. Mm -hmm. If you want to identify if you have a bad habit in your life, it's probably going to be, it's probably one of the easiest things that you're doing. Yeah. If, if you're living in sin and that's been a habit, it becomes so easy to you. But it's going to actually have difficult results. It, it's going to bring uh, hardship. It's going to bring certain things in your life that you're going to say, man, I hate being in this place. And obviously the contrary is also good habits may be difficult, but then it's easy to live with. Yeah. And, and it's, There's actually a way, there's an actual practical way to eliminate bad habits. Yeah. You know, one thing that I've learned from James Clear's book, once again, Atomic Habits, is that he says, make bad habits hard to do. <laughs> Don't make it obvious. He says, like, if you, if you have a bad habit of watching too much TV yeah. and you can't control yourself, he says, unplug the TV. So that, and, and like under, the, like behind the wall or whatever. Put so it in the closet, basically. He even says, if you want to take it to that level, just <laughs> yeah, take yeah. the TV off the wall or off your mount or whatever and put it, it put it somewhere yeah. where you literally have to take it out and set it up again as if you had just bought it. And he, that puts you in this position now where you're thinking, do I really need to watch what I want to watch? Yeah. Instead of just like a robot turning on the TV because it's so easily accessible You have to literally, you have to be very intentional yeah. with it. It's not automatic. You've broken that negative habit, that negative cycle, you know, with like bad eating. Yeah. Same you know, thing. Uh, James, James uh, Clear, he talks about he didn't want to drink anymore. Alcohol. Yeah. But he realized there was always beer in his fridge. So he just. Not a good plan. <laughs> and it was always at the front. Yeah, yeah. So he just stopped drinking. He just stopped buying beer. Yeah. Very simple thing. He says you, if you have a bad habit of of going to uh, the grocery store yeah. and loading your cart up with all kinds of frozen processed foods that aren't very good for you. They're not natural and, and vegetables and all that. Yeah, They're yeah. just frozen processed foods like, you know, Michelinas or Delicio pizzas and all yeah. that. And you just keep on doing that and you beat yourself up every time you put it in the oven. You're like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Change <laughs> grocery store. I love that pizza, by the way. It's not delivery. It's, it's Delicio. Delicio. <laughs> Uh, no, no, but you, you, you're totally right. Oh, no, that's not you the know? right one. Oh, <laughs> we have a live audience today. I've always Man. wanted to use that. Button. You always wanted to use that button. <laughs> but, but no, for real. Like every, honestly, every successful Christian has a number of good habits that they have brought him, that has brought him to success. Yeah. And I'm you know, sure there are certain things in your life that you've implemented two years ago. I would even say uh, last year that has caused you to be successful in a specific area in your life. Am I, not, am I wrong? No, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, that's the whole point of being a disciple of Christ. Yeah. Jesus had his disciples, the Bible says in Mark 3, 14, he called, when he got down from the mountain, he called those who he himself wanted, yeah. that they might first be with him. Yeah. Why do you think he wanted them with him? They lived with him. They traveled with him. They slept in the same tent or whatever. They, yeah. they lived, they congregated together daily. They were always together. Because he wanted to positively impact them yeah. with his habits. What was Jesus' habit? Luke 4 says that he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. That's right. He made a habit of going to church. Yeah. 
He had a positive habit that he went to church. He went to the synagogue. He, he, he was constantly reading. That was his. He actually had a, a role at the synagogue. Yep. He read the scroll. Uh, the Bible says, "In rising up a long time before daylight, he went to a solitary yep. place, and there he prayed." It actually says he often withdrew to pray. Often withdrew to pray into the solitary. He got a, a yep. place where he was alone with God. Yep. He shut off the world. He shut off communication with the world. Now he didn't have cell phones and all that, so it was much easier. But now <laughs> you could still put your phone on airplane mode or whatever. Uh, the Bible talks about the Garden of Gethsemane. Yep. The reason Judas knew that he was there is because he often met there with his disciples. So yep. there was this retreat that they used to do. He made he made his habits very obvious to his disciples yep. so that it would rub off on them. So that they could follow it and, and apply then Acts, it for themselves. Acts 4.13 what did we read? And when the when the Sanhedrin saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived they were uneducated, yes. untrained people, yet they recognized these men were with Jesus. One hundred percent. Because he ha- they had his habits. One hundred percent. His habit of speaking boldly, it rubbed off on them. Yeah. And we said it in the last podcast, you're going to be the product of your five closest friends and associates. You hang around people that have really bad habits that you're trying to break. Yeah. You know, w- as preachers, what do we always get? You have people that come to you. I struggle with drinking. I struggle with pornography. Mm. I struggle with this. But then, you know, you ask them, do you go to bars? Well, yeah, I go to bars. Well, then why are you going to bars? (laughs) You know, you got to nip the thing at the butt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to stop drinking if you're in a place where everybody's drinking. Yeah. And James Clear actually talks about your habits being formed by three main people. One, your family and relatives and your closest closest friends. So you hang around people like that, not just family and relatives. I mean, closest friends. Yeah. You're you're unfortunately going to adopt their habits into yeah. your life. Two, habits are formed uh, by the masses, mm-hmm. the crowd. You you see what everybody's doing. Well, everyone's doing it. How many of you've ever heard yeah. that? Well, everyone's doing everyone's it. Everyone's doing it. So you've done it yourself. Like, why do you? Um, what would be a good example? Why do you? Uh, you know, why do you drive to work? Because everybody's doing it. You know, yeah. it's not a negative thing to do. It's a good thing to do. Every, but everybody's doing it. If, if it was like a negative stigma to it. Yeah. I'm telling you, he actually says in his book that if if things that are considered okay today were considered bad tomorrow be, by the multitude, most people, even though they don't consider it wrong, yeah. they'd stop doing it because their habits are formed by the masses. And yeah. then he says, number three, is form, habits can be formed by the powerful. So you see people that you deem as powerful or success in your field, and you end up taking on their habits. People who carry influence, basically, yeah. in a specific area. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I totally agree. That's why it's like, you know, w- when it comes to habits, I, one of the things I would say, it's like sometimes people think like, oh, habits, do I really need them? I would say, especially if you're a believer, you should have them. You have them regardless anyways. You have them regardless anyways, <laughs> but you, you should implement good habits That's in your right. life. They act as a, as a safety net, I would even say. Because I've spoken to a lot of people. Yeah. I've spoken to a lot of people. What happens to them is actually that they'll, they'll get into, a, like you said, it, a place of numbness as a believer. A place of like um, they feel sluggish or they feel. Uh, and, and really what, what they're trying to describe is they've just entered into a place of shallowness Christianity. Mm-hmm. Because they're going through the motions. They don't know why. They don't feel why. So now. What do I mean by that? What do I say that? Why is habits are so good for you? Because sometimes you could be in a rug, you know, like you feel like, oh man, I'm stuck. But the habits that you've placed in, uh, that you've pl- uh, put in your life consistently will get you back on track. Yeah. You know, like I think it's, uh, and I'm, I'm so funny, like I don't know where uh, it was. Yeah, I think it was Den- Denzel Washington. 
Denzel Washington. I'm quoting Denzel Washington. No, but one of the <laughs> things he said, actually, I did appreciate this because I'm, you know, I think I don't know about you if you've heard certain stuff from him. It almost looks like the guy could easily be a preacher in the sense, like I think that he grew up in church. He grew up in church, you know. Yeah. That, that's what I'm trying to say. And one of the things he he mentions is he goes, you know, if you want to be a man of prayer, he says, you know, start by putting the your 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 um. Uh, he talk he talks about your oh man. I forgot the word. Your slippers. He said, put your slippers like deep under your bed. So that every time you wake up in the morning, you have to get on your knees and pray. And that's just a, you know, it may sound silly habit, but if it helps you to pray every day, do it. Mm -hmm. And you're going to see how you, if you want to be a man of prayer, how a little habit like that will actually set you in the right course. Yeah. Because every single day, there's an action attached to, to the habit that you're developing. You're putting, you know, your slippers the night before. That when you wake up in the morning, you got to go and get them. So you're already on your knees and you get reminded. It's like a reminder, right? Like a shock. Yeah. I got to pray. Yeah, like bad habits, you want to make them non-obvious. Yeah. You want to eliminate, take the TV down, put your phone in another room. Yeah. You know, so in the morning, you don't just grab it and you just scroll through yeah. Instagram reels for the next two hours. And you realize it's 11 o'clock or 10 o'clock. And yeah. you're like, man, I've done nothing with my morning. <laughs> Not speaking from experience here. <laughs> but... There's those you want to you want to make them non-obvious yeah. and you want to make them unattractive. Yeah. You want to make them you want to make it look ugly. Yeah. But good habits you want to make it very obvious. Yeah. So put the vegetables first thing you see when you open your fridge. You know, uh, prayer. Yeah. Make it obvious. Uh, for example, reading the word actually. Let's say read because you covered prayer, but reading the word, you want to put your Bible on your pillow. Yeah. At night. With a note that says, read this. It's obvious. It's right there. Then you want to tie on something attractive to it. So if you're someone who has a hard time reading your Bible and you have negative feelings connected because it's like it's a hard thing. You're always told, you know, grow up in church. It's not the hard, it's not an easy thing, but, you know, and you've just done it out of discipline. And, and so it's, it's been hard to do it. Put your Bible out. Get your favorite drink. Attach something positive to it. Yeah. <laughs> something put, that you actually enjoy. Yeah, put your favorite drink out. Um, maybe get a good set of headphones and play good music to it. That's what I do. I love yeah. putting on headphones and I, I, I play music to when I read my Bible and take notes and study. No lyrics. They're usually yeah. instrumentals because it distracts me. But it, it I, I've tied, and I always love reading the word anyways. I never really had a problem with that. But I've tied something, like it's, it's, it's amplified my delight yeah. in reading the word. I make it very attractive. I'll have my favorite snack yeah. if I'm not fasting. I have a fav my favorite snack. For prayer, for example, sometimes you can be the person, like I was like this. I When I prayed, I prayed in my office. Yeah. So whether it was morning or night, and I don't, I don't really like praying in dark rooms. It's just, I don't know. It's not very <laughs> like... Uh, uh, Did you say uh, you like praying in dark rooms? No, I don't oh, okay. like. <laughs> I don't like praying in dark, yeah, dark, yeah. dark rooms. I like light and stuff, yeah. but because it's not very... Uh, how can I say? It's not... It, it's not a conducive atmosphere. Exactly. It's a tough environment. It's a tough environment. I'm a child of light. <laughs> exactly. So what do I what do I do? I started taking prayer walks around the neighborhood. Yeah. Yes, it's still dark outside, but there's stars. Yeah. I love looking at the stars. Yeah. I used to think it was like sin almost to to, to walk and to pray. Walk and pray. <laughs> My goodness, Which it's too enjoyable. The Bible actually says to watch and pray. Yeah. That means your eyes have to be open. Yeah. <laughs> so now I watch, walk, and pray. Yeah. And and so sometimes when I feel like, okay, I don't want to be in a closed room, my office or whatever, on you know, on my knees or whatever, and 
or just walking around my, you know, 80, yeah. 100 square foot office or whatever, I, I get out. I don't know how many square feet it is, but <laughs> I go outside and I do a lap around my neighborhood and I, and I love it. A couple laps around my neighborhood, depending on how long I want to pray. And yeah. I, I love it. And it, it's energizing and it brought a freshness. Yeah. Maybe sometimes you want to change your habit to, or you want to develop a good habit, maybe change the environment you're in when you're doing 100%. it. 100%. You 100%. know? One of the things that It'll my stimulate wife, you. One of the things that my wife, which I, you know, you're here as a witness, which I told you, one of the things that we've been implementing is really getting rid of like all the busyness in our lives. So one of the habits that we've implemented, like I, we we realize, okay, this has to become a habit in our lives. Once a week, we put our cell phones away. So Sunday night comes That's around, yeah. we, my wife and I, do the last email, the last text, whatever it is, and then we put our cell phone away Sunday night. And then we don't touch it until the next day. So Monday for us, you know, being in ministry is our day off, if you will, right? I'll tell you, Monday for us has become a day literally of rest. Basically, like talking about like the Sabbath, yeah. it has literally become that and how important it is. Why is it so important? It's not just to rest as in like, oh, I'm going to rest. When we put our cell phone away, I feel so connected first to the Lord because I'm not, I'm not constantly being bombarded with a text message. I'm not constantly getting an email. I'm not constantly getting a notification yeah. from social media. And I've purposely put it away the night before so that when I wake up in the morning, I'm not, I don't wake up with an alarm on a Monday morning. It's the Lord who wakes me up. You know, it, 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 when you really think about it, because we're talking about healthy habits, but I just love this concept of the idea before an alarm was created. Did you, under, did, did, like the reality, God woke you up. Mm -hmm. There was no alarm that woke you up. The creator of heaven and earth woke you up every single morning. I wish we still had that. I wish we still had that. I know. And now it's like, obviously, we, we have this little machine, an alarm or your phone that wakes you up. So we developed to put this so that I could be, every every Monday for me is the day that, which try to understand how I'm trying to say this, but it's the day where I feel like I'm grateful for nature. I'm grateful for, I, I'm, I feel so connected to the Lord more than any other day for some reason. Not that, you know, try to understand what I'm trying to say. It doesn't mean like the other days I'm not. It just means that that day I'm purposely doing sure. resting the distractions in the are Lord. Out. Yeah, the distractions are out. I'm attentive to my wife. I'm attentive to my children. My mood is so much better. Why? Because just that day we're saying no distractions. This is a day for the Lord, and that's it. And yeah. I'm going to enjoy the rest of the, his creation. Yeah, and that's a good practice for all of us to use, yeah. to be honest with you. Eliminate the distractions. Eliminate the rush, that feeling yeah. of rush, you know, that we all have. Um, this... Listen, this is episode four of uh, our series, the final episode of this series that was on biblical principles for success. We've closed it out with consistency, building good habits, being diligent in what ca God's called you to do. Remember, the Bible says, be diligent to study, to show yourself, approve a workman who need not be ashamed. So at the end of the day, success, product, uh, success principles that we've discussed, one is understand your identity, your root as a seed of Abraham. Two, you need to operate by the wisdom that the Holy Ghost puts in you. If you operate by man's wisdom, you'll get man's result. Operate by heavenly wisdom, you'll get heaven's results. Mm. Three, you need to apply excellence in everything that you do. And then four, we closed on, develop good habits, eliminate bad habits, and do your good habits consistently, diligently. And as I always say, success is not overnight. Success is the product of small daily steps that accumulate and compound upon each other until 
all of a sudden there's an explosion. People on the outside say, oh, he was an overnight success. But people that know you closely understand that it's daily discipline, daily, diligent, consistent application of what you what you know from the word, what God's called you to do, even simplistic things, things that are insignificant, but super significant and super uh, super significant and, and super, uh, how can I say it? Super, I love the word super. <laughs> I guess productive. There's another word. Anyways, we'll go with productive. <laughs> but there, there are small insignificant things that add significant value. Value. There you there go. go. <laughs> Super value. <laughs> thanks for wa- thanks for listening. Like I said, share this on social media. Tag us in it. We'd love to hear from you, where you're from, and all that. God bless you, Pastor Oscar. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It's been a thrill. We're obviously going to do it again. Yes. Uh, we got a lot of ideas brewing between us two as to what we're going to do. We love doing these podcasts. It's um, just such a wonderful platform. And so we love you. God bless you. Pastor Oscar, how can they reach you? They can reach me on social media. Uh, the first thing I would like for everybody to know is I'm a pastor of a Good News Chapel. pastor at Good News Chapel. Remnant is our young adults group. You could find everything you need there at our uh, remnant-mtl. Remnant-mtl on Instagram. We're also on Twitter with the same handle, Facebook, and also our new addition, which is our YouTube channel, which we've been putting a lot of content there, not for the sake of content, but to bring you things that are going to better your life spiritually and also things that are going to help you in your daily life. And if you, you, you can find everything there. And if you want to connect with me personally, Oscar Sosa on Instagram. That's it. Till next time. God bless you all.